Welcome to the arena, where sometimes the hardest part is showing up. My name is Linda McLaughlin. Thank you for being here. At the beginning of 2020, I set a challenge for myself to try each month a different kind of high intensity or contact workout. I had gone back to boxing, I was just trying wall climbing, and in reintroducing myself to CrossFit, I met Denise Meganini at her gym, CrossFit Opus. The vibe in the gym reflected her, and I was hooked. I was interested in reconnecting with Denise to talk about how her training as a multi-sport athlete has helped her through these times and all times. Thank you for listening. This is episode 13. I think this is the year of having to make new plans. Yeah, or just not plan. <laughs> That's like, Fuck planning. <laughs> I always have a little intro for the people that I interview. And what I know of you is that you're a CrossFit athlete, entrepreneur, a heavy lifter in all sense of that word, <laughs> uh, a great believer in personal courage, an incredibly positive force for people who are wanting to create change in their life. I guess these days I'm, I'm more of a power lifter than a CrossFit athlete because that's what I've been competing in in the last few years. Um, still training for nationals. We don't know when they're going to happen. It'll probably look very different, but hopefully we'll get to a point where we can compete. It's hard for all athletes right now with that because usually our goals and what keeps us motivated is that carrot, the next competition, the next meet. Everything's based on building towards that moment. And the moments just keep getting pushed out. So that's a bit challenging. But I'd say definitely I'm a power lifter these days. I spend a number of years being a CrossFit athlete, cyclist for happiness. I think that's it. Hmm. I saw some video of you lifting Was it this weekend, this past weekend. <laughs> what did you lift? So this one was a mock meet, very COVID friendly. There was three of us lifting. It was interesting lifting with the mask on. It's not like doing cardio with it on. It's a, almost a distraction. So you have to find a way to block that out. My squat final lift was 117.5 kilos. So that for me was a meat PR. I've been working to get back to that. Nice. That's the most I've ever squatted. And it's been a while since I've been that strong. So I've been working to get back to it. My bench, I hit 72.5 kilos. So that again, matches my all time best and is a meat PR. So hitting numbers in a meet versus hitting them when you're training can be very different, especially because you're maxing out on squat, then you max out on bench, and then you go max out on deadlift. There's not a lot of recovery time. Deadlift, I hit 127.5 kilo. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was all around a really great day. Basically, when you add up those three totals, it was a 700 pound day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes. <laughs> I broke 700. So yeah. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> I can only imagine how hard you worked for that. Thank you. Sport has always been my freedom, my outlet, but also my expression, if that makes sense. Because the first sport I really got involved in heavily as an adult was rock climbing. And uh, I did start competing in that. Half the time it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> Uh, but it was also really empowering because every climb you're facing a new challenge. It helped me, I think, be a lot more courageous with trying new things and seeing that there are solutions. Because that's really the thing with rock climbing. You have to solve the problem. 
how do I get from here to here to here, right? And life is full of all of those little problems or challenges or issues, whatever it is for you. And seeing the solution, because most of the time it's not obvious, right? And sometimes that means you try and fall, try and fall. <laughs> and then, yes, you hit it. Where did this competitive streak come from and this athleticism? Is that a, a family trait? Well, uh, definitely the athleticism, it, it comes from my dad. So my dad was an athlete. He was a pretty high level hockey player. He was also a competitive sailor. So he sailed for Canada in the world's raced albacores. So I grew up being introduced to a lot of sports, obviously hockey. <laughs> Although when I was young, I didn't play hockey. I grew up in a small town. There were no girls teams, but I, it was always street hockey. <laughs> Soccer. I was introduced to gymnastics very young. I was in right. pre-competitive for a number of years and a lot of hours doing that. A little bit of the competitiveness definitely comes from my dad. As a family, my dad would always introduce new sports. He introduced us to downhill skiing when we were quite young, and that became a family thing. My mom was a good sport. So she doesn't herself have that athleticism, although my uncle, her older brother, uh, football, and he's a handball, competitive handball right up to his 70s. So mm -hmm. I guess there's a bit on both sides, really. For some people, it's about the competition, right? It's that drive and it's that adrenaline that you get. But for other people, it's just a part of life. And I need to constantly be learning, constantly be bettering myself. Or is it all of the above? I think for me, it's more about personal challenges, more so than the competition itself. For a long time, especially when I was younger, I would suffer from a debilitating anxiety when it came to competition, gymnastics competitions, I would choke so bad. I was so nervous. I would get sick and everything that I had mastered in practice, I would just founder. And that was something I struggled with for a long time. A lot of it had to do with being a very quiet, shy kid. I am an introvert. I've learned to be an extroverted introvert. Being in the spotlight was traumatic for me. And that was something that I actually started to use the sports as a means of trying to overcome it. So that was one of the challenges. I've always enjoyed the physical challenge. If anyone ever says you can't do that, it's an absolute guarantee that I'm going to say, really, watch me. And, and I've been like that since I was a kid and I still am. I think that's one of those things. We're capable of so much more than we initially believe. And most of the time we're capable of more than even others can possibly believe that we're capable of. And that's where competing in CrossFit started. It was like, okay, let's try this. Let's see what I can do. It wasn't where can I place or any of that. Let's see what I can do. How far can I get? And then same thing with even just doing running around the bay. Can I do it? Okay, great. I did it. Awesome. Everybody's like, do it again. I'm like, no. <laughs> There's some things I enjoy and some things I come out the other side of and go, wow, that was awesome. And other things I'm like, so glad I did it. Never again. But in that, it's all learning experience. You learn certain things about yourself, what you actually enjoy, what you're willing to suffer for. And that's one thing with athletics. There's always some suffering, especially if you start competing and going to higher levels. There is suffering and you've got to be okay with being in that dark place where everything hurts you think you might die, but you know it's going to end soon and you just have to push through it. I think it's a unique thing 
And not everybody's okay with that place, which is why I don't push people to compete. That has to be an individual drive. You don't need to do it. You can still do this for the fun of it. You can do this for the physical benefits, the mental benefits, but most people don't need to go there. And that's something that I've always been very conscious of because it's a tough place to be. What do you use to push yourself? Sometimes it's as simple as the wanting. I want that goal. And some days I'll want it bad enough. And some days maybe I don't want it bad enough. Maybe that's why it just didn't work. I didn't get there. And sometimes it's fear of failure. That's a lot of what happened with starting Opus because I left a career in microbiology to start coaching full-time and then open my own CrossFit gym. It was a huge leap. (laughs) So there was a big fear. There was a fear of failure. But the one thing I knew for sure was that I wasn't happy doing what I was doing anymore. I didn't enjoy the field I was in and the area of the field that I was pigeonholed in. I was spending so much time commuting. My quality of life wasn't what I thought it should be. I thought when I got into microbiology that what I did was helping people. Unfortunately, that's not the reality. When I started getting involved in CrossFit and I saw how much it not only helped me, not just physically, but mentally, it really does help develop a mental toughness. I learned that I could handle so much more than I ever thought. I could handle hardship. I could fight my way through something very uncomfortable. I started with lifting weights and getting stronger, feeling more confident in myself and my ability. And it just translated to a confidence in maybe that wisp of an idea that becomes a dream can actually be achieved and then be a future. I took a leap and I coached full-time and managed a CrossFit gym for almost three years before I opened my own. So I didn't go into it 100% blind. I developed my skills. I learned things that I wanted to do differently, things that I felt could be better about community, how that could be done. And I could focus that in my own gym, which is why I always had much smaller classes. That was intentional. And a lot of that was because I interact better with smaller groups of people, but I also felt that way everybody got more coaching attention. They had more space to work safely. It was really more about the personal aspect of it. And I think that kind of fitness and that kind of community style gym is about that personal aspect. And everyone's there with their own reasons and possibly fighting their own demons, because sometimes that's where we fight them. (laughs) Contact sports are great for that. I've had a rough day at work. I'm going to go hit the bag. Everybody loved flipping tires. It's a bit primal, but it helps you channel some of those emotions and mental challenges that you've had through the day in a safe way. What I'd learned through years of sports and athletics was that the worst thing that was going to happen was I'd trip and fall and get back up. I had support, which was really awesome. What Uh, event in your life has had the most profound impact? That's a deep, hard one. I think it was the 2012 CrossFit Canada East Regional Competition. The two years prior to that, even though I'd qualified as an individual, I competed on a team. And that was so much fun. I've always loved doing the team events. So the 2012, I qualified as an individual, but it was getting harder and harder. And I'll be honest, 
I was 39. <laughs> so the next year I would have been a master's. But I also knew that the next year, my plan was that I was going to be opening my own gym. So I think part of why it had such a profound effect is that in my mind and my heart, it was my last all-out competition before I had to give all of myself to a completely different goal. It was a, a huge challenge because all the other competitors out there were, I think the next closest to me was like 32 and then they were all in their early 20s. So that was a little bit daunting in and of itself. And there was a number of events in that one that I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it past the disqualification. I'd never done it before. <laughs> so they were going to be first that were going to happen out on the competition floor with cameras in my face. Yeah. And that was actually the first competition that any of my family came to watch. Wow. So it was like my, my last hurrah in a way. And really it was just, let's see how far I can go each day. I made it through day one. Yes. Okay. Day two, made it through day two. Yes. That was like, I made it to the final event. Awesome. And came out alive. And laid it out on the floor. I have to think knowing you. Yeah. Yeah. There may have been some blood, sweat and tears. <laughs> yeah. I would think so. Yeah, it was one of those things. It was, I was very proud of the effort I'd put in. I was ecstatic that my family came out. Like I said, they'd never come to any of the, the competitions before. And part of it just wasn't really understanding what I was doing. But clearly understood that this was really important to you. Yeah. What does living a courageous life mean to you? I think for me, it means living honestly. And sometimes that means making the right decision for me, what is in my greater good, without succumbing to peer pressure or perceived expectations from others or guilt of letting people down. That could be anything from family or a community. So I think for me, it's living honestly. And part of that is being honest with myself and that if I want to try something, it's okay to fail at it. Just go try it. Maybe you'll hate it. That's okay. You don't have to do it again. Maybe you'll love it. I was actually pretty scared about getting on my road bike when I first got it. And it took me three years to clip in. <laughs> so sometimes it's a prolonged transition. And I didn't let anyone push me into clipping in. That was a big thing for me. It was, I'll do it when I'm ready. Right now I'm enjoying it. I want to keep enjoying it. It was also one of the reasons that I transitioned out of rock climbing because being honest with myself, I spent as much time being scared. There was the positive adrenaline, but also a negative adrenaline. I enjoy the climbing indoors or a very easy outdoor, but even outdoors, it would get to a point that there was just a fear factor there that was really hard for me to overcome and put on the brave face and fight through it. But what was happening inside was so unsettling that I had to be honest with myself. And that was, I don't enjoy this as much as I thought I did. And a lot of that was community related. I enjoyed the community. I think that's an interesting distinction between pushing yourself to try, being able to acknowledge I've tried, I've developed a skill, I've applied myself, I've pushed myself beyond where I thought my limit was. And then on the other side, having that honesty, as you've said, to acknowledge I'm okay with where I got to and now I can walk away from this because it's not serving me anymore. I think that's a valuable insight with that lens. How do you continue to grow? I'll probably take my sports to different levels with it because I'll try new things. 
I'm looking forward to getting out the other side of COVID <laughs> because I would like to try riding on the track and they can't do any learn to ride on the track or any of that stuff right now. I'd like to try it. I would love to see what it would feel like to ride that track. And to be honest, I'd like to see how fast I could go. <laughs> how fast could I go? There's only one way to find out. So that's something that I have maybe to look forward to, an opportunity to try that. But also, I think even just this, everybody's surprised when I tell them I'm, I'm working in a greenhouse. I bet. And, and it's, I'm very happy. I'm very content. And then I tell them, I'm like, it's great. I walk to work. I play in soil. I play with plants. I shape plants. I'm doing physical labor and I'm helping another small business owner. And to me, that's a very important thing, especially through this. And then I walk home and I do all the things that I need to do for me. I train, I lift, I walk my dogs, I have dinner with my partner. And it's just this simpler life, but it's also still learning something new and trying something new. Mm. And I think a lot of it is eventually going to direct towards that future that I see getting a little bit less fuzzy where I'll be out of the city and really considering and doing a lot of research on what we would do for our personal hobby farm, that kind of stuff. But I don't think I'll ever completely let go of coaching to some degree. So I'm still doing some online coaching and personal program development. And that's actually one of the things that I really loved. And this is a way that I get a chance to work one-on-one -on -one with people right now. So it could just be through video coaching. Some of my clients are that way. And it could just be that they would like a program because they need some structure to reach certain goals, whether they want to get stronger or they just want an overall better fitness, improved cardio. And here's what they have at their disposal because they have limited home gyms and I write them a program. And then we just touch base and month to month adapt the program based on how they're adapting. So I still get that really cool opportunity to help people see what they're capable of and achieve their goals and surprise themselves. That mm -hmm. was always my favorite because I do it. it I surprise myself every now and then, <laughs> which is awesome. And I love to see that in, in everybody else, especially women, to be honest. I love seeing women be completely blown away by what they've just accomplished. And it's, I know what they can do. And the moment they see it and they know they can do it, that's when we've all won. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I loved Opus and the community I find particularly with CrossFit, it really reflects the person who's running the gym. I've been to different CrossFits in different parts of the world and you immediately get the personality of the box based on who owns the box. I've had great experiences and I've had not so great experiences, like any gym, but I think with CrossFit, I've often met really interesting, cool people who just bring it so hard when they're, <laughs> for their, when they're there for the wad. And they may not look like they're quote unquote CrossFit people, but they completely are. CrossFit builds you from the inside out. Yes. So I just want to say that you definitely created an environment where people could come and be themselves and enjoy themselves, <laughs> enjoy the pain. <laughs> And try. You have some fun while you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was 
so devastating on so many levels was watching COVID take away what you had worked on so hard. So I wouldn't have been surprised had you said when I asked the question, what's something that's had the most profound impact on you is the loss of your gym because of COVID and you're shaking your head. But It's funny because it's the highs and the winds Mm. that have a greater impact. Because if I focus on Opus, there is still that I did it. How it came to end, so much out of my control. I still think of the positive part of that. I did it. There were some amazing coaches that I was privileged to have. And oh my gosh, I got to meet so many cool people. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's the positives have more of a profound effect and a longer lasting effect for me. And maybe that's a choice I've made to hold the positive close. What I, again, this is all about looking in the rearview mirror of what happened because none of us knew what was going to happen, how long this was going to go on. Though by the time the summer came, it was like, okay, this is bad. Yep. You were very decisive. I don't know what was going on in the background for you, Mm -hmm. but you seemed very decisive about, okay, this has happened. Let's make this decision now. I applaud people who are trying so hard to make things work, but you made a very different decision and decided to go in a different direction, which was to say, it's been great. We're going to go online, but the gym is going to close. It was definitely the hardest decision I've ever had to make. In the end, I was decisive. (laughs) Oh, there was two months of, I was a wreck. I was a wreck. There's a whole whole lot of weighing, how much can I bleed before it's too much? Because there are so many other things. If there were three things that would have been different, I would have probably fought it out and been still limping along like some of the others. One of the factors was that I'm only a couple years off of 50. That's an awesome thing. But I have to also be realistic that if I bleed out too much and I lose everything, it's really hard to build from scratch when you're 50. Part of this is what's in my greater good. So there was a lot of weighing out logic. Everybody has risk thresholds and some of it has to do with what point you're at in your life. Like if I was 30, sure, I got lots of time to dig out of that hole. But It's one of those things like I could foresee it becoming such a financial burden, which is unfortunate. And that's not what I wanted it to be. Being stressed out and so worried about the financial burden would take away from me being the best coach I could be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like I wasn't willing to sacrifice that because that's the part that I'm supposed to be giving. So I had to salvage that (laughs) so that I could still give it, (laughs) which Mm. I am. It's just in a different context. Yeah. 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 See, I was hoping you weren't going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that. Like, oh, God. (laughs) I cry or you cry or we both cry. (laughs) Every morning you would post the wad and I get the fact that you can put on the sunny face and you can put on the shiny smile and stuff, but there was no indication to us that things were going anywhere except steady state. You really supported all of us through what for everybody, everybody in the world is just going through this crazy time. So you were definitely a beacon in that. So thank you. Thank you. What do you think your athletic training, your experiences, how did that help you through those dark days, that uncertainty and all the turmoil that you're going through? I think just knowing that I could put myself through hell (laughs) and come out the other side, I can handle this. I can take it. Um, 
and that was a lot of it is I couldn't steal anyone else's hope. There was stages. I still had hope and every now and then something would just get ripped away, but I couldn't take hope from everyone else until I knew there wasn't any. It wouldn't have been fair of me to put that onus on the community. And maybe that's just my stubbornness too. <laughs> I'd been through hell physically um, with my training, with competitions. I'd been through an extremely challenging year previously with the loss of my older brother and uh, some cancer in the family. There were so many things that it was a weird, perfect storm. Like, okay, I can get through this. And getting through that was a little bit of holding on to my brother's memory. That helped. I think that helped me more Hmm. than my sport. Just thinking what Ben went through, what he had to fight through the last um, few weeks of his life, um, this was nothing. So there was those moments where, and we all have them, a little bit of self-pity. And I would just be like, what the hell? And I would think about Ben. And I would think about what he would say to me (laughs) as his little sis. Um, And I would take a moment and I would go through every single thing in my life that was so important to me. And then I would just fight through it. Life provides us with some perspective when you encounter these big moments. And when you've had other big moments in your life, how did I get through that moment last time? Just remember what I said. There is a solution. You just have to see it. Look through the problem, see the solution. And the hardest part is digging yourself out of that hole in the couch. (laughs) But once you get out of it. (laughs) The hardest part is showing up. Yes. (laughs) Great to see you. And thank you so much for doing this and for sharing your thoughts. I think there's a lot to be taken from the experiences that you've had. Hearing some words of inspiration at this time is hugely important. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for asking. I was honestly slightly terrified. <laughs> there you go. Not terrified enough to say no. No, no. Is it, was it scarier than bouldering or, or not quite as scary? Uh, you know what? Maybe not quite. Maybe <laughs> okay, not good. Quite scary. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for this. Denise is the real deal. And if you have athletic goals for 2021 and you're looking for a plan, she can help shape a program for you, whether you have a full gym or nothing. I will provide her email in the show notes. Thank you once again for listening. Please subscribe, leave a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you feel someone else might benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it. I look forward to sharing my next guest story of being an ICU and palliative care doctor in Ottawa. He also hosts a podcast called Solving Healthcare, where he's spreading the word about improving the healthcare system and our approach to healthcare in Canada. I can't wait to share this interview with you. His positivity is infectious. Until next time, my name is Linda McLaughlin in the arena.